What do you do on Sundays? We talk about Kate Blanchett, the acting, the costumes, the awards, but mostly the Blanchett of it all. Oh, oh. I'm not acting. <laughs> you think this is a love affair? I saw you, Erica. Meeting in the middle. This is Sundays with Kate, and I'm your host, Murtada El Fadl. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Sundays with Kate. This is your host, Murtada El Fadl, and today we will be discussing the 2005 Kate Blanchett film, Little Fish. And my guest is critic and writer, Valerie Complex. Hello, Valerie. How you doing? Thank you for... Uh having me on the show. I love Kate Blanchett, so this is like a blessing. Yes, this is a show for people who love Kate Blanchett. We're excited to right. have you. Um, Thank you. And first, I just wanted to ask you about, you sort of wanted to talk about this movie. So why Little Fish? I don't know, because it was like one of those under the radar Kate Blanchett movies that nobody really saw. One of her grittier performances that I liked that kind of went ignored so when you said little fish it was like well i am one of the few people who actually saw it so i should probably <laughs> talk about it you know back at the time i was on this like kate blanchett fix where i was seeing everything that she had come out with um after i had saw elizabeth so little fish was just one of the films that i had seen and i was like you know what i actually like that mm. um so yeah and you're Definitely. right. It is, I think, her least seen film, at least in the U.S. It was released sometime in 2005 for maybe only one week in one theater. It's very unclear what <laughs> happened with its release. <laughs> one week in one theater. Okay. Yeah. So Little Fish is directed by Rowan Woods. It's set in Little Saigon District outside of Sydney. Kate Blanchett plays a woman called Tracy Hart who used to be a drug addict, she's trying to escape her past and becomes embroiled in this drug deal. So this is kind of like the thriller plot, but the movie mm. is really a character study of her and her family. So the movie shows us um, her brother, played by Martin Henderson, her mom, Nosy Hazelhurst, her ex-stepfather, who's played by Hugo Weaving, and also her ex-boyfriend, Dustin Gwen. And all of them come become come together to this to this drug deal but the movie is not really about that it's more about just us following these four or five characters and what happens mm -hmm. to them do you agree mm -hmm. i think it's definitely a character study about this one woman and the people in her life it's like one of those films where it's a bunch it's, it's even though it's about her it seems more like an ensemble piece mm -hmm. And the set at the center is this drug deal and how everybody is affected by her behavior and her connection to this drug deal because she's trying to get money to become a partner in the video store that she works in. And so it's just, you know, cause yeah. and effect film. Yeah. So. And it's to your point earlier, you mentioned it's a very gritty, gritty character like this is. Kate Blanchett is known for glamour and she's always mm -hmm. playing monarchs or somebody like Carol who just drips with glamour. You know, she's right. playing a video proprietor or trying to be proprietor, mm -hmm. um, an ex-drug addict 
who is fallen on hard times. It's a very gritty character and gritty performance and even sort of the things that she usually brings with her to performances like costumes and wigs and all of that. Mm. That's all stripped down. So I have never seen this movie until last night when I watched it for the very first time to talk to you about it. I always knew it existed, mm. but I, mm. I haven't watched it. And this mm. is what sort of like grabbed me. This is Kate unlike I've never seen her before. It's definitely... Uh, and she has a couple of other films that are like that, like... Um, the gift which people didn't discover until the last minute mm. i'm trying to think because she has a couple of them uh I mean, heaven even is in another the gift, one she's still put together like yes the character may be so socioeconomically not as glamorous as carol or or jasmine or all these other women but she's still mm. put together looks great but this is different than that <laughs> yeah this is not this is She's pretty much a bum, <laughs> um, you know, who like she's pretty much a crackhead who is trying to change her life, mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to. And when you think about it, yeah, cause I think about like The Gift or Heaven or, you know, those films, and it's still not as dressed down and unglamorous as Little Fish. Yeah. So and it's funny because the director, um, uh, Rowan uh, Woods, I think he's only directed one other film. Yeah, he works in TV now. So I don't know if you saw that. Oh, does he? Yeah, that TV show with Elizabeth Debicki from like three years ago called The Kettering Accident or Incident, something like that. He works in Australian TV, but you're right. This was his second and last feature film, at least from what I can tell on IMDb. There aren't much of his films, which is a shame because I think he had a his style and there was something about his his films, but he just didn't. I don't know. I guess he didn't continue, and I can't blame him. So, yeah, he is very good. Like this, this movie has has a uh, a unique sort of style to it. Like the music, the the cameras, just the way it looks, the way he shoots people. He's always shooting them from below, which mm -hmm. sort of just adds to probably what you know they they all feel trapped they feel trapped because they're addicts they feel trapped because they don't have money because everybody keeps telling them we are not going to give you credit all of that so the way that he shoots kate and and hugo weaving you really feel how trapped these characters are mm -hmm. yeah they are it's very it's very claustrophobic and it's very sort of erratic shooting but i liked it because i think it sort of captures the the dirt and the grime, but also like what it's like when you're a drug addict and what mm -hmm. the world and seeing the world through what that looks like. Um, I think he really captured, captured that. Yeah. So, and it's a showcase for a lot of um, Australian actors so that we know and love from other. It's not just Kate, it's Hugo Weaving, it's Sam Neill, it's Martin Henderson, mm. who we've seen um, in a lot of other Hollywood movies. Mm -hmm. But not like this. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, I was surprised. I think one of the things that drew me in as well was like seeing Kate Blanchett in a relationship with a man of color mm -hmm. was just different. You know, Dustin, Dustin Nguyen is not known for dramatic acting. He's an action star yeah. uh, for the most part. So seeing him in a dramatic role as a recovering addict and a love interest 
was really interesting. It was, um, I don't know, it was just, it was just very different than anything that she's done. So I really sort of dug it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree so. with you there. And she, she really has very good chemistry with Gwen. Um, the romantic sexual chemistry with Gwen is really volatile and, and you mm. can see it. And she, it's surprising because Kate doesn't play that many romantic partners. Um, and even she always seems to have better chemistry with women. So Rooney mm -hmm. Mara and Carol or Judy Dench in Notes on a Scandal, even though that wasn't romantic. Or even <laughs> or even Sandra Bullock in Ocean's 8. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And this is sort of, I think, probably the best chemistry she had with a male actor, from what mm -hmm. I can tell. Mm hmm. I'm inclined to agree. I know people felt a way um, about how her and um, Joseph finds what their chemistry was like in Elizabeth. Um, but I think a lot of that had more to do with his acting than hers. So yes, people do not that like that chemistry. <laughs> yeah. Take that how you will. But like you said, I think she always, she has more chemistry with women and it seems like when people think of Kate Blanchett, they always think of Carol, which is funny. Even on all of her like IMDb pages or whatever, Carol is like the first thing that comes up and I find that to be really interesting. So um, Carol is a cultural phenomenon. That's why. <laughs> there you go. That that's it. But speaking of sort of her chemistry with men, another man that comes to mind that she've made a couple of movies with is Brad Pitt. She did Babel and then they were romantically involved. I mean, in Benjamin Button, that mm -hmm. movie is definitely a romance, but it's such an mm -hmm. odd story anyway with him, you know, growing backwards or aging backwards. Right, right. And she so it's an odd story. So even then, even we're supposed to by the romantic chemistry and they both look amazing the pinnacle of their beauty both of them i think right. and benjamin bunn but still the romantic mm -hmm. chemistry i find it lacking unlike here in little fish with dustin gwen mm -hmm. i have to i'm inclined to agree i just i just think benjamin button is an odd movie in general so it's i don't know i don't know if it would be one that i would use to say hey uh this is the pinnacle of chemistry <laughs> it's not so Let's talk about some of the scenes that we liked. So some of the things that I liked about this movie, the family scenes between Kate and her mom and her brother and um, her ex-stepfather played by Hugo Weaving all have this sort of lived-in quality to them. You can feel the friction between these characters and also the love and the way there's that scene where they are in the, the brother's birthday and they're all sitting around the table and mm -hmm. just... In the acting, the script is very sparse, so there's not a lot of dialogue, but you still sort of feel the history of this family and sort of what they have been through. And that was one of my mm -hmm. favorite things about the film. I think one of my favorite parts, one of my favorite scenes is the scene where they are, she's talking with her stepfather, and I think her mom is there too, and they're just talking about how, because a stepfather, uh, played by Hugo Weaving, used to be a, a soccer star. Mm -hmm. And um, he, they were like just reminiscing on what it was like before he got on drugs when he was playing, when he was actually actively playing, and how they used to take like all these calves everywhere, and how they were sort of living the good life, you yeah. know, before they all were poor. I don't remember if her mom is in that scene or if she's just talking to him separately. 
But I remember them looking at pictures of, you know, of him playing and just sort of reminiscing. And it was in in such a bleak, grim movie, it was sort of a happy moment. It Mm -hmm. was one of those happy moments that you could find in a film. And it was one of my one of my favorites. I mean, of course, Kate and Hugo Weaving, you know, were in Lord of the Rings together. I can't even remember right. if they had scenes in that. But their chemistry here is amazing as right. uh, father and stepdaughter. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm thinking, I'm looking at the trailer right now. And, I, you know, I just, even her look in this movie is so washed out. And she just looks a mess. She's still very young, as you can tell. Yeah. This movie she made right after The Aviator. So she went from glamorous Catherine Hepburn, you know, with the red hair and the freckles and, you know, all those costumes to this very gritty <laughs> looking drug addict. Right, right. A uh, scene that I liked was the scene where her and Wen, Dustin Wen, are, are the seduction scene. Mm. Uh, and I just really liked that because it was a slow moving tension chemistry sort of scene. And I really sort of appreciated the way they went about that. Cause I know when framing relationships between white characters and characters of color can be filmed poorly if they don't, ha- if it's not handled with care, but I think in this case it is, mm-hmm. so. Can you elaborate yeah. on that a little bit? Like what are um, things that you thought really were, were done well? Every sex scene comes with choreography. So I'm guessing like, the choreography, the touching, the way that they embraced each other, the kissing and stuff. I think that that's really, I think that's what I mean when I say Mm -hmm. um, the chemistry and the tension building. Because it doesn't just start with them like seeing each other and then they're they're like, can I curse? No, you can curse, yeah. Okay. (laughs) They're seeing each other and then they're like, fucking. You know, it's like a a buildup of things, the touching, the you know, the the, gaze, the long gazes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Really well done. Like, really. Yeah. And it starts really with well friction. Because at the beginning, you know, they used to be a couple, but where we catch they up... They were both with the drug star- addicts. Yeah. And she even mm-hmm. says to him, you know, I can't remember if I ever kissed you when I wasn't high in one of the first mm-hmm. scenes. So there is this friction in history between them. And you, you don't kind of know, and they both play it so well. You don't kind of know where this is going, like... Do they mm-hmm. hate each other? Do they love each other? But, you know, as the movie, you know, in a few scenes, they, they build that sort of sexual chemistry really well. Like, you, we're not sure what it is, but in the end, it's like they're really into each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, still. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that they were high. They were high, and I think it was one of those longing things to see, like, okay, well, what's it like? Because we're not high. <laughs> so let's... <laughs> explore that and I, and I that's what I took from it and that's what I really liked yeah so what I also liked in Kate's performance is sort of her unpredictable outbursts and physical energy and all those scenes with the people in authority like the bank loan officer mm-hmm. or the receptionist where she goes to the corporation where you know he, Johnny told her he works and she found out it's a lie mm-hmm. you could feel in the way her body moves. And she's always an actor who acts with her whole body and fills the frame. 
you could feel that this is a woman who's been in a lot of these situations and they never ended in a way that she wanted them to end, that she always feels judged by these people in authority. They, you know, they look at her and they see her credit score or that she was a drug addict and she was recoiling. But at the same time, she had such venom for them. And, you know, these are two contrasting things to play. And I love those scenes because she really brought these two things together so fantastically. You want kids? Dunno. I've got a, a friend who's having a second baby. Really? That's nice. A lot of work. Mm. Got a boyfriend? Would it help alone if I did? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Now, the business loan. I'm really sorry, Tracy, but there's no way I can approve this loan for you today. I think you probably know why. Okay. But what if I reduce the amount a little bit? Like instead of making it 40000 I made it 25000 The business 000. is great, but it's a leased premises. And there's no real capital, so if the bank did have to come in, there'd be nothing to recoup on it. But the capital will be built into the new shop. I mean, the computers, the stock, and the customer base. Tracy, is there someone you can get to help you out with it? Yeah, look, I'm not asking for a gift here. I'll be paying it back. Tracy, we did a credit check on you. I'm paying it off. I've organised it. Just, just call, I'm paying it off. Look here. Have you been refused credit in the last 10 years? You ticked the box no when you should have ticked yes. When ticked yes? That just means fucking no. You think by ticking no when you should have ticked yes, it's not going to count against you? We do check these things here, Tracy. We know that you've been charged with credit card fraud. This bank has never lent money to criminals. Okay, this isn't productive. I think we should just take a deep breath. Yeah, well, sorry to be taking up your precious fucking time. I think Kate Blanchett does erratic really well, and I don't think people give her enough credit for that. And this was a very, like, in those scenes, she would go from, like, zero to 100 in, like, less than a second. And I think that that's just, like, brilliant, effortless acting, in my opinion. When actors take on roles that are not the norm, like they're not glamorous anymore or whatever, sometimes they tend to overdo it and they ham it up. But it really works here, because this is, this, uh, that was that was the thing that I liked, is like the portrayal of like somebody who used to be on drugs and it's now has to integrate back into a society without that crutch. It was really the perfect sort of way of, of portraying that, because I, I grew up in a family with drug, with drug addicts and former drug addicts, and I know what that looks like. So the performance is really accurate. You know, I've read some reviews where some people said maybe she was overacting or whatever. And I'm like, no, if you haven't grown up around drug addicts, then you wouldn't really know what that would look like. Yeah. But that that's exactly what, the, what it looks like, because they're disdained for the law. But also when they're trying to move on and they keep being judged, it's hard to move on when at every corner people are judging you for something you used to do. So, yeah, I totally agree with you on, on, on those scenes and, yeah. um, and her performance. Before we move to the scenes or the things that we didn't like, is there any other scene or anything you want to highlight that, you, that really spoke to you? I really like the scene um, at the end with the stepfather, or towards the end with the stepfather. It's, I don't want to give it away, but it's a really grim scene. And it's a scene where I think... 
um, her character has a come to Jesus moment. That's like, if I don't stop on this path, then I'm going to end up like this. Um, because I don't think he ever stops taking drugs mm-hmm. um, like she did. And even though it's a really grim moment, I like the realization that happens for her character in that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's one of my other uh, favorite scenes. And it was actually the first time I remember Hugo Weaving not playing an asshole mm-hmm. in a movie. Like, he was actually, like, his character was, like, sweet and likable. He had his demons. But he was a character that was liked um, by the characters. Yeah. And, you know, really good at what he did as a football star. Yeah. So, so I like that. And Kate has, or in her character, Tracy, has a moment of revelation. And to your point, at that point, she plays it so well, and it, and the scene is very silent, and it's just in her face, and you can sort of tell mm-hmm. what she's realizing, and even you can even tell what her decision is, and that's not right, easy right. to pull off. And I've asked online some of the followers of the podcast about what their favorite scene in Little Fish is and what they remember the movie for, and we've got a few of our online followers chiming in with their love for the children choir scene uh, where the children um, sing flame trees. Um, For instance, Oliver Sow said, the flame tree scene is heartbreaking. Eden said that the flame tree song is in her playlist for years now and every time she listens to it, she bursts into tears. And also Coco said that what really stayed with her is the repeated sound version of flame trees which she listens to even today. So shout out to all the little fish fans who listen to Sunday's Escape. So some of the things I didn't like, I didn't sort of like the thriller element, like the plot of the thriller, whatever the Mm. drug deal is and what they were doing. Mm. Like I knew we had to get to a moment of tragedy. And in a movie about these ex-drug addicts trying to... um, to get away from the life you all you know from the beginning we're gonna get to a tragedy but i don't i didn't like the plot that got us there i just found mm-hmm. it a little hard to follow um and i was just like get me back to the character study let me just follow these actors and these characters and i think like to your point um not that the plot was i didn't i don't think i found it hard to follow as i did unnecessary Mm. and extreme like it went to some extremes to get us there and I didn't think that it was like super necessary I understand that the plot and sort of made it feel like okay well I'm afraid of my film being too boring so let me throw in this this weird ass plot um, about a drug deal uh, instead of you know just making it about what is it like to be a recovering addict trying to integrate into society? What is it like being a woman who's a former drug addict trying to integrate to society and dealing with other family members who are on drugs and avoiding uh, that temptation? Um, it's actually kind of lazy, mm-hmm. in my, my opinion, because um, it's so much easier to create suspense than it is to create an interesting drama. Yeah. You know? 
one that we can follow. We can't all be a part of carols, carol movies. You know what I mean? Yeah, we can't true. all write the carols of the world. So um, I think it was Rowan's attempt to make the story more interesting. But what ended up happening was the drama and the characters were more interesting than the plot. And you don't realize that until you watch the movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it sounds exciting in the log line, but then you see it and you're like, okay, well, this is not, <laughs> this doesn't really help the plot, but okay. Yeah. And he he should have trusted these actors because they are all so great in this. I really love like, the it's... mom. The mom was so amazing. Even though she had the shortest part, but she was really mm-hmm. great. And when you think about it, it's really an all-star cast of like Australian actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you said, he should have just sort of trusted them to do their job um, instead of throwing in this superfluous plot that didn't need to be there. And I was not expecting this, but there was a gay kiss between Sam Neill and Hugo Weaving. And I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, that caught me off guard. But there's a little, there's an element of queerness to Little Fish when it's like, when you're thinking about building community, mm-hmm. um, you're an outsider and you're trying to be a part of something or you're trying to find that sense of community. Um, so the gay kiss didn't really surprise me because there were queer elements to the story. Um, you know, not like it's not an LGBTQ story, but I'm just talking about that, mm-hmm. that sense of, of queerness, that, that sense of community. Uh, and looking for a community and trying to integrate into a society that is unaccepting of who you are. Um, So that didn't surprise me. Uh, That's a great point. I didn't think about it, but now that you've mentioned it, yeah, that is a great point. The queer elements are there in the story. Mm -hmm. They're they're there. Um, You know, it's not, but that's not something I realized till much later. Uh, about the queer elements and thinking about that film in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's there, like you said. Yeah. So if we look at sort of like the movie hardly got a release in the U.S., but just looking at the very few critics that I could find, it was very well reviewed and particularly uh, for her and for Hugo Weaving. Um, for instance, like the New York Times says, um, as in all her screen performances, Blanchett immerses herself completely in her character, a damaged, high-strung woman determined to live the straight life while surrounded by temptation. You know, E.W. also said, like, the actors are terrific, especially Blanchett, who digs deep into the booby-trapped nature of recovery. So this was well-reviewed. I'm just surprised like it didn't register at all um, with audience. Well, you, you know how, you know, I've been talking about... You know, sometimes good films just get dismissed and go under the radar because poor marketing or, um, you know, it's not a big budget, uh, not as high profile. Um, You would think the name of Blanchett enough will be enough to sell it and the good reviews, but that didn't happen. And you know how I've talked to you about, you know, portrait and how that's, you know, well received and still nobody's going to see it. So like... Um, That's Portrait of a Lady on Fire, the uh, Celine Shiama film. Yeah, I, I didn't want to say the whole thing, but yes, that's <laughs> you know, and people are people in France are aren't receiving it. So, I'd be curious to I'm going to look and see how 
how much it made in uh, Australia because now I'm curious. Maybe, maybe it earned more at home. It did. Um, I mean, um, it's it made three million um, everywhere but North America. So it did get a release in Australia. I'm assuming, um, and made a lot more than okay in that than it did here in the states. I'm yeah. not I'm not surprised. Especially, yeah. 2005 was a strange year uh, for film. Um, and if we're comparing Little Fish to some of the other things that came out that year, uh, I think Minority Report came out that year, uh, and just some other, it just got lost in the shuffle. Mm -hmm. I think that's what happened. Which is surprising because this was the movie released right after she won the Oscar for The Aviator. Um, right, right, right. So, And but... so you would think, oh, okay, like, uh, she just won that Oscar. You should uh, go see this too. But I feel like that often happens. Actresses get films that, they do after their Oscars that that don't go anywhere. That's true. So I usually ask my guests a few questions um, about Kate herself. So are you ready? You said you like her. Yes. You're a fan. I'm ready. So what was the when was the first time you saw Kate? It was Elizabeth because I went to the movies to see it. I had a friend that was like, "Come with me to see this movie." about Queen Elizabeth. I was like, I don't give a fuck about all that. I don't want to see that. <laughs> but she was like, it's going to be good. It's the matinee. Let's let's see what this is about. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. Yeah. I was like, how old was I in 1989? I think it was 16. And boy, oh boy, my, I, my socks were blown off. I was like, who is this amazingly attractive redhead who is in this movie giving the best performance of Queen Elizabeth that I have ever seen. And that was the first, that was my first introduction to Kate Blanchett. Like, yes, that was, I, I'm so blessed to have seen that in a theater. Because <laughs> yeah. I know a lot of people were like, Elizabeth, theaters, what? Nope, I was blessed. Yeah, great. same. That's when I fell in love with her too. Um, would you say that's your favorite Kate Blanchett performance or do you have another favorite? Oh, no, that's that's still still one of my favorites. Um, I did like Veronica Guerin. Mm, there you yeah. go. I did like her performance in that as well. And The Gift. I would say Elizabeth is like the top. And then like two steps below it is like Veronica Guerin, Charlotte Gray, The Missing. I thought The Aviator was a little to camp for me. I like the aviator because she did mimicry well. Like sometimes people take um, a famous person and they don't really get beyond the mimicry, but I think she got a little bit, be mm -hmm. a, a little, a lot actually beyond the mimicry, even though the mimicry was oh, okay. so spot on. But you seem to like early Kate, Elizabeth Veronica, Garen, The Gift. These are all from her early. Like I yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I like early, like, I feel like I like a few films from every Kate era. Mm -hmm. Like, I like the beginning stuff, like I like Little Fish and Elizabeth and Veronica Guerin. And then you get to, like, the notes on the scandal, the good German, I'm not there, mm -hmm. Babble, the missing. And then you go up and then I have, like, Carol and you have, uh, I don't know, you have, like, you know, Carol and Thor and... All these different other yeah. sort of performances that she gives. So I feel like from every era there is good and bad, but there's mm -hmm. also like Kate, you know, different Kate films that I like. 
yeah. from each era because her career is like what 20 20 years 20 yeah 20 years? her career no. is a, i mean elizabeth was 98 so it's about 21 years now yeah. she made a few movies so, before um, elizabeth but elizabeth was the big breakout yeah. right and then elizabeth was like boom yeah like and then it just went up 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 from there so I'm looking at her IMDb and I'm like, I have seen so many of these films. This is insane. Like <laughs> I have, you know, there another, there's only um, a few other actresses whose, whose filmography I've seen in its entirety. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the Kate Blanchett lookalikes, Tilda Swinton, <laughs> whose films I've also seen. Um, but yeah, I see so many of these. It's, it's crazy. Who is your favorite Kate scene partner? Who do you think she worked best with? It has to be Rooney Mara, because, like, the chemistry was off the charts. Like, you know, Rooney Mara is, like, seen as, like, you know, a Hollywood weirdo. I guess that's how people see her. But she can, she can act her ass off. Like, this chick can act. Yeah. And to be in, like, I think Rooney Mara actually helped Kate, like, elevate her performance even more so because she was just so good mm-hmm. um in carol yeah absolutely amazing right if we're talking about like overall it has to be rooney mara um if we're talking about males i would have to say brad pitt only because i think they look good together they look so good side, together yes side by side they look great together so if we're gonna be shallow then i'm gonna say i'm gonna say that yeah who would you like to but, see her like, work with? Man, George Clooney, uh, Viola Davis. Oh, that would be amazing. Her and Viola Davis. Why don't we have this right now? Like, we need it. Angela Bassett, Octavia Spencer. Oh, yeah. She already acted alongside Sally Hawkins, who was another great co-star yeah. of hers. In Blue Jasmine, yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sally, because Sally Hawkins is just another actress who can really act. She's, they Definitely were so a... good together in Blue Jazz. Uh, the same thing you were saying about Rooney Mara, I think, also applies to Sally Hawkins. Their scenes together in Blue Jasmine just crackle with so many things that they are able to bring out in each other. And, you know, Blue Jasmine is nothing without the two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, and it's the same thing for Carol. And I think that that's what makes a good co-star is that you can you can see a film and be like, wow, this film is nothing without its star. Mm-hmm. But when you can say it's nothing without its co-star mm. or the pair, that's how you know it's like a good, that's a good co-star. Yeah. Um, and that's why I mentioned Brad Pitt in that way because they look good together. But, you know, a lot of times what's happening to Kate is what carries the film as opposed to what's happening to Brad Pitt. Yeah. That's good I'd like to see her work with black actresses more. Yeah. I'd like to see that. Or just more people of color, period. In in general. Um, in yeah. general. And I'd like to also see her act with Taika Waititi and see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, I always feel like Scarlett Johansson was like the absolute wrong choice for Jojo Rabbit, and they should have just put Kate in there, but it's just me. <laughs> I haven't um, seen that yet. I would say for I would like to see her work with directors of color. So Rowan Woods was one of the few that she worked with and Taika Waititi was the other. So work with Rowan again, work with another director of color. I think, I don't know if it's her or Hollywood's perception of her, but 
her Hollywood movies are always with these big name directors. And I'm sure they go to her and ask her to be in their movies. And sh she, of course, would not say to like, no to Martin Scorsese or David Fincher or, you know, all these big directors that she works with all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't think that Kate would say no to those roles either if they're good. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I, I just don't think. I think people think that she's just above and don't give her the opportunity to even like, I'm pretty sure her agent sees scripts from indie stuff and they turn it down. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure if, if, if Kate knew about it, she'd want to at least read them if they're good. Yeah. And you know, she's not afraid of going gritty as she so showed us here in Little Fish. So, and it was one of the very few movies after she got her Hollywood breakout that she made in Australia. So, and she did a lot of theater in Australia and worked with up and coming directors and writers there and, you know, ran a theater company and added to the culture in Sydney. So maybe what she does in theater, she could bring to her movie career too and mm -hmm. work with up and comers more. I think I would like to see that more because I could imagine I could see Kate Blanchett in a what's her Nia DaCosta film Nia mm -hmm. DaCosta directed Little Woods yes and I'd like to see stuff like that I would just like to see Kate sort of diversify that field of people who she's worked with yeah so yeah and she also hasn't worked with a lot of women directors she works a lot with women actors and like we talked about she has more chemistry with women sometimes but she hasn't worked a lot with um, women directors not lately no it's it's weird I, and i think i don't know if that's like you know at the bigger you get i think it's just more men uh <laughs> are at the yeah. top i i, I don't want to lie but and that's unfortunate is there anything else that we want to talk about with Little Fish that you think we haven't talked about? I think the cinematography is good. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a film with big sets or anything like that. It's very, it seems very local, very home-based. Yeah. But it's a very bright film. And the colors are sort of washed out. Mm -hmm. But I think everything is by design to reflect the people that we're dealing with. Uh, the the atmosphere, that sense of claustrophobia. I think it's a well-made film. Yeah. And I don't think people talk about that enough, but people don't talk about Little Fish at all, except for us. So yes, there's that. they do not. But maybe now that we've talked about it, you know, more people will listen to the podcast and go watch it. If you're in the United States, it's available for free on Vudu. So go watch it. I like what you said about the cinematography. I also want to add that the film has a lot of these striking images. Like the first image we see of Kate is her underwater in a pool. In a and pool, it's, right. It's very memorable. And there's a bookend to it later on. And I think, he, you know, Rowan Woods really knows how to, to get into your consciousness with these very unforgettable um, images. We don't want to I give do. out the ending, but I also just like the sort of openness of the ending and the hopeful note in it, but also the image of the characters by the beach. And, you know, there mm -hmm. is a, um, there's something poetic and romantic about ending it um, on the beach like that. And, you know, um, in shadows and, and sometimes it's a little blurry, like it's, it's really striking. 
And it was it was sort of like one of those again, it was one of those happy moments. It's like, okay, so this tragedy happened. And in remembrance of the tragedy and who it affects, let's go to the beach and have this hopeful moment. You know, because water I think water in films is a is is a symbol of rebirth, almost being like baptized, born again. Bathing, if you will, and the way that water is sometimes used, you can tell, you can say, oh, okay. So that's the way I took it. And so it is very hopeful. It's a very hopeful sort of moment. So we both recommend this movie, right, Valerie? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. This is one of uh, Kate earlier better films that was ignored that should no longer be ignored. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And before we leave, um, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you and read your writing? My name is Valerie Complex, not Valerie at Complex. I My last name is Complex. And you can find me on Twitter at, at Valerie Complex, V-A-L-E-R-I-E, C-O-M-P-L-E-X. And you can find me on Instagram at Valerie underscore complex. Uh, my website is under construction, but you can check in for updates at ValerieComplex.com. And you can find a lot of my writing at pride.com, the playlist. Uh, I just wrote uh, recently for the first time for variety.com and uh, the Mary Sue.com is where you can find the majority of my writing. Thank you so much, Valerie. And you can find me on Twitter at M-E underscore says and follow the podcast at Sundays with Kate. And until next time, thank you for listening.